Welcome to the Columbus Area United Way Connecting Community Podcast. This is where we interview local nonprofit leaders and explore how we can collaborate to have a thriving community. Well, hello, I'm Hope Freshour with Columbus Area United Way, and this is Columbus Area United Way Connecting Community Podcast. And today we have Susie Jarecki here with CASA. So welcome, Susie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you. So um, for those that are listening, tell us first a little bit about CASA and the work that you provide. CASA actually stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates, and what we do is we um, recruit, screen, train, and supervise community volunteers to advocate in the best interest of abused and neglected children that have been removed from their homes and placed into the foster care system. And so it's um, an important aspect of, of our community, and you've been serving in that capacity for a while, and you're such a... Whenever I listen to you speak within the community, you have such passion and a heart. So talk to you, talk to me a little bit about that. What motivates you in regards to CASA and the impact that it makes here in our local community? Sure. Um, you know, s- since the time I was in high school, I knew that I always wanted to work with kids or to help kids in some way. And um, when the CASA opportunity came up, at first, um, my kids were small and I, um, it was going to be on a volunteer basis. To You know, I, I actually volunteered as one of the advocates. And when my kids were younger, that was about all the volunteer time that I had because you get so busy with their activities and stuff. And then um, about 12 years ago, the opportunity opened up for me to uh, step in and take the uh, director's position. So that's when I uh, became the director. And um, I I am passionate about it. I believe that we do a great service for the kids. And um, the the children, you know, they just need somebody in their corner to be a voice for them because um, they're too young to know what's in their best interest. They might know what they want, Mm -hmm. but they're too young to really realize what's in their best interest. Mm -hmm. So can you walk through, because the typical community member may not fully understand um, the aspect of CASA and as a volunteer with CASA, what that looks like and what they actually do in regards to providing a voice for that child. Okay. Um, when a... Um you know, a call is made to the a child abuse hotline or to the police department or wherever it may come in at, and the, um, the officers and sometimes the Department of Health and Human Services have to go out and check the allegations and stuff that were made. And if they, the law enforcement decides that the children need to be removed from the home, they are placed into the custody of the Department of Health and Human Services. And then the paperwork and everything, of course, is submitted to the judge, and the judge um, sends that paperwork over to my office as well to see if if we can um, supply them with a volunteer, if we have a volunteer available to advocate for those children. So we wait and make sure that the county attorney is going to file a petition on the case and the case is actually going to go into court. And then um, we, we assign a volunteer to the case and they have been through 30 hours of training. Um, it's also a they have like a required 12 hours of training per year to keep them updated with the new laws and stuff that are going on. And so they've been through their training and what they do is they get to know the child, really build a rapport with the child. That's the number one um, thing that they that they do. And But they also get to know the family members, the uh, the attorneys involved, but the parents, the foster parents, maybe grandparents, anybody involved in that child's life. You know, we may talk to school teachers or counselors, um, anybody to find out more 
um, information that we can to find out how things are going for the child, what services are needed, and how we can help possibly um, get those services to this child. And then during, like when we get into the dispositional and um, review hearing phases of the case, then we submit a court report to the judge as well as the legal team. And we, we let them know what we have found out throughout the case. And, you know, we're not there to represent the state. We're not there to represent the parents. We're just there for the child. So we let them know, you know, what's going on in the chil children's lives. Uh, maybe they have messages that they want the judge to know, you know, that um, they want to have more visits with their parents or maybe that they don't want to have more visits with their parents. And it's important that the judge knows um, what what the child wants so that um going forward, they can make the best decisions for where this case would go to next. So um, the volunteers, you know, they spend, we, we tell them that they'll, they'll spend anywhere between four to six hours a month advocating for this child. And some months it's a little bit more because your court reports are due and that sort of thing. Um, other times it's not, not that much, you know, and it also depends on how far the child's placed and, you know, but we do require that they visit the child face to face at least once a month. And it's usually done more than that. So Wonderful. So what might be some misconceptions that people have in regards to CASA? Uh, for one thing, in the Spanish language, CASA stands for home. And so when they hear about home and foster parent, you know, fostering and stuff like that, um, a lot of times they think that we're trying to find um, foster homes for the children. And um, if you're looking to be a foster home, I can definitely lead you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. But that's not, that's not what we do. We don't um, we don't place children into foster homes, and we don't look for foster homes for the children. We what we do is we advocate for the child while they're in the foster care system. So we're going the child's going to see us in their um, foster home. They're they're going to see us in their homes. They're going to see us in the courtroom, uh, maybe at the school or school functions. They're going to know that we're there for them and that we're supporting them in every way that we can. So, but um, we do not, you know, if you become a CASA volunteer, that doesn't mean that you're becoming a foster parent. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so I know you've been working in this field for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And so what motivates you about that? And what are the impacts that you get to see from the work that you do with CASA? Yeah, you know, I have right now I have an amazing set of volunteers and our volunteers, you know, sometimes they come into the office and, um, you know, they're in tears because something didn't go well, um, you know, or something more happened. And then there's other times they come in and it's just they're so excited because, you know, guess what? It finally happened. And, um, you know, the the good, you know, the best times are when we can reunify these um, kids with their parents. And uh, af after they've been reunified, then there's a. Um, you know, the judge can set a review hearing anywhere from maybe a month to six months out mm -hmm. to see how things are going after their home. And so when you go into that courtroom and, um, <clears throat> you know, the judge is closing the case because the parents have done amazing and the kids are back home now. And that that's just a great feeling for everybody. You know, um, the parents stumbled a little and we were able to help them up and um, get their family back together. And that's just that's just um, a feeling that. Um, there's just no other feeling like it. And when you see it, that's that's the kind of stuff that motivates myself and our volunteers. Yeah, that mm -hmm. human connection and that relationship to build that family. And, right. And know that there's uh, hope, right? There's, exactly. You're fostering an essence mm -hmm. of hope for the future. Exactly. So kind of on the flip side, then, what are the most challenging aspects of what you do and the role that CASA provides? 
I'd say um, for me the most challenging is um, when we have to go into termination of parental rights. Um, no matter what the parents have done or, you know, how negative um, things have been, um, you know, when you when you sit in the courtroom and actually watch a parent lose the rights to their child, it's hard. It is very hard. And um, even, you know, most of the time deep inside, they know that it's the right thing that needs to happen. But um, it, it's a very hard thing to, to do. And then also some of the, um, you know, affidavits and petitions we get sometimes when reading through some of them and you just wonder, um, you know, how could, how could this have happened to these kids and nobody knew? You know, you hear about the big cases on the TV and stuff, and it's like, you know, how, how does nobody know about these things? So, um, you know, it's definitely like a roller coaster ride. You have your ups and your downs and, you know, the tough times and the good times. So um, I really um, respect my volunteers because um, not everybody can do this kind of work. You know, it, they, they do it on their own time and their own dime, and they um, do it out of the goodness of their hearts. And um, it's just um, not something that everybody can do. We have some volunteers that will come in, and they'll take one case, and they'll see it through to the end, and they're like, Susie, I cannot do this anymore. <laughs> you know, this this one got me. Yeah. And then I've got others that have been in there for, you know, 12, 15, 20 years. They've advocated for many, many children. Mm -hmm. And just as their case is starting to wrap up, they're reaching out for another one. So it just depends on the individual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, I would agree. I mean, having spent some time of service in that aspect, I always think for me personally, there's going to be a point in my life where I want to be a CASA volunteer um, because the work that you provide is is instrumental um, to those children and providing that voice. So with that, I, I do feel that there is some elements of educating the community in regards to um, the area in which you serve and um, what that looks like. So can you speak to a little bit about that and sure. how you provide volunteers? Sure. Right now, um, CASA Connection is the local CASA program, and we're affiliated with the State CASA Association and then also, also the National CASA Association. And right now for our local program, we cover three counties. We cover Colfax County, Platte County, and we just within the last year, we moved into Nance County as well. So what, is, what that means is that the cases have to come from those jurisdictions, you know, from those counties are the cases that we represent. However, we do um, have CASAs that live outside of those counties that can come into this county and represent, or, you know, still be a CASA for that case. But so our, ki our kids that come to us come from those three counties. Nice. But the advocates actually come from, um, you know, those three counties plus some counties around mm -hmm. us that um, don't have a CASA program right now. Okay. So speak to us a little bit in regards to the volunteers. You've talked a little bit about the training mm -hmm. and requirements, but if someone was interested, what does that look like and what would they need to expect? Sure. Um, they can um, contact us at the office. Um, you know, they, we've, we've got a website. It's just Casa Connection, N-E as in Nebraska.com. Um, and it has our contact information in there. And what they'll do is they'll actually reach out um, to the office and let us know that they're interested. And we'll talk to them and make sure they understand, um, you know, who we are and what we do and that sort of thing. And then we, we will send them a, an application and some releases. 
and then they fill out the application and the releases so that we can do a background check. Anytime you work with kids, mm -hmm. you're going to have background checks. Mm -hmm. So um, they, they fill those out and give them back to us, and then we do the background check. And if everything sounds good, then we um, do an interview with them, once again, making sure they know what they're, um, what they're signing up for and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then if, if they're still good with it and wanting to go forward, then we start in with the training. And the volunteers, a lot of our volunteers have full-time jobs. Um, they work nights, they work days or whatever. So um, we're lucky enough in our community that we're, um, you know, we don't just say here, here, and here is when we're going to have this training, but it's like, what works for you? Mm -hmm. And then we work around the volunteer schedule. You know, sometimes we do the training in the evening. Sometimes we do it in the mornings, maybe on the weekends, whatever works for them so that they're able to um, attend the trainings and get the training that they need. And then once they go through the training, then they'll go before the juvenile court judge in whatever county they live in okay. or or even in Platte County. The judges all work together. So um, and they take an oath before the judge to do the best that they can and, you know, to um, to be the CASA volunteer. And then once they are sworn in, then they're ready for their first case. Okay. So yeah. you provide all the training locally. Here. Yes. Okay. Yes. All the training is done locally and it's at no cost to the volunteers at all. So okay. mm -hmm. wonderful. Um, so I have so many more questions, but we're <laughs> running out of time. Um, if there's anything that you really want the community to be aware of, what would that be in regards to CASA? Um, in regards to CASA, you know, we're just a, we're another set of ears and eyes being out there for the kids that have been taken into custody. We do not remove the children. Um, you're not going to be involved in any of that part. You know, we, we step in after that has already, um, after that has already been ha happened. And um, I think the biggest thing that I have is if you suspect that there's abuse going on, please call the hotline because the, you know, you don't have to um, know for a fact that the abuse is there. All you have to do is suspect it. And if you call the hotline, then that's going to um, open some eyes to this child's case. You know, he maybe that child can't or won't step out or say anything to anybody else. So they need somebody else to do that for him. So you call the hotline or you call a police department, you know, if the abuse is going on right now and um, get, get that child, um, get the child some help because if we don't do it, you know, that nobody will, you know, if the, if the child's not willing to do it themselves. So, um, definitely, you know, if you suspect it, call the hotline, call the police department, do something to do help something. that child. And I love that because it is a reminder to all of us that everyone is a mandatory reporter. And I always say, you know, I've talked with many people in different scenarios and they're like, should I call? I'm like, your intuition, if you feel like there's something off, there's might be something off and it's best case scenario just to call. Um, so great. That's words. right. You, do, you don't have to be an expert in child no. abuse or anything. You just make the call mm -hmm. so that somebody that has more expertise can come in and check it out and make sure that that child is okay. Yes. And I love, I've heard you say many times and I'm going to kind of repeat what you've said, but in some of your presentations, when you're working with United Ways, the aspect that what CASA provides and this always hits home to me is that you provide a voice for children who have been removed from their home at no fault of their own. They're in a situation which is not under their their doing, mm -hmm. but um, they're having to go through it. So the CASA advocates allow them to have a voice and had to be heard within that situation. So tremendous work. It's a great organization. We are mm -hmm. so proud to be a partner with you and the work that you provide. Um, but with that, my last question to you, because nonprofit world and of course the work <laughs> that you provide 
it's always a miss, right? The right. many things going on. So mm -hmm. I always love to ask, what would be your go-to karaoke song? Or what is the current book or your favorite book that you've read? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> you know, because of the the work that I do, when I when I sit down to read a book, it's for pleasure. Mm -hmm. It's not, it, you know, it's either going to be a self-help book or, or one for pleasure. And um, I really get, I really enjoy the Janet Ivanovich um, series, uh, mm -hmm. Stephanie Plum series. Mm -hmm. um, I just finished book number 27 with her right now. And I know she's got 29 out right now, so I got to go get a couple more of them. There you but, go. Um, but I, I just enjoy reading her books and that's, that's my time to relax and, um, get all the sad stuff out of your head. Kind of unwind and unwind. Easy exactly. read, an easy read. Well, yes. thank you, Susie, for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you and have a great rest of your day. Yeah, thank you very much. Mm -hmm.